Welcome to Board Gamers Anonymous, the podcast with board gamers and the insane one we have at the table together. This is Chris. This is Anthony. And this is th- episode 367, March Madness, the comics edition. We'd like to thank all of our Patreon backers for helping us bring you a brand new episode. All right, Anthony, we are back, and we are back with the best, punchiest, indiest, webcomicest, mangaist of all board games. We are talking about comic-based board games, and especially the March Gamer Madness. And for this year, it's all based around the best comic-based games. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so we were thinking originally, like, oh, let's do, like, because last week we did Batman, right? The Batman. The Batman. (laughs) The Batman. (laughs) (laughs) And so we're like, oh, why don't we just do all the, you know, comic book-based games? And so we did. So we have 64 (laughs) comic book games. We've got superheroes. We've got indies and smaller publishers. We've got web comics and cartoon strips. And then we have, like, manga and anime. And I know anime is not really, you know, uh, comics, but it's often based on manga. So we're going to loop it all in there to kind of have a nice round list uh, of all 64 here in the tournament. Yeah. So basically every IP you grew up loving every IP that's out there in the, you know, in the comic based multiverse, right? Again, whether it is your traditional superheroes, (laughs) your indie kind of classics that everyone loves those web comics that you read on your phone all the time, or those kind of super explodey, Japanese kind of like tentpole manga and animes. I, th- I think this is a list everyone's going to like. I think there's a lot of fun stuff here. This is not, unfortunately, in some cases, Anthony, not really about the heavy duty mechanics of these games, but nope. really about <laughs> which, yeah, exactly, which games can or which games do really implement the IP in a meaningful way, right? Yeah, yeah, it's all about that. So, uh, you know, we'll, we'll talk about games that are good. We'll talk about games that are bad. But mostly we're looking at games that really capture the IP and present it in an effective way. Uh, and there's some crossover there. It'll be some interesting, possibly <laughs> controversial picks on our part. But uh, that's the fun of it, right? Uh, we, Absolutely. We picked Photosynthesis one, Once Upon a Time for Best Components because... Yes. Yes. It represented that type of component the best. That's what we're doing. Here. It did so. Keep that in your mind. Yeah, and and again, part of part of what's really important here and what's great about board games, and especially in this situation, is comics tell us a really interesting story. It lets us into other realms, other worlds, other characters, and a lot of times, board games allow us to do the same thing. So hopefully, these board games do you know, the best possible version of that storytelling where you can really interact and play out those characters and play out those storylines and themes. And sometimes not so much, but we will take a, take a look through all 64. So Anthony, let's get on to it. The March Gamer Madness Best Comics Based Games. All right, so first up, our first bracket, our major bracket, the, uh, the heroes bracket, our superheroes bracket, uh, first up, we have Marvel Champions, the card game. You know it. Anthony loves it. He's a big fan of it. Can't stop talking about it. Yep. Versus 
X-Men Mutant Insurrection. You remember that game, Anthony, right? That was a game. Yeah, that was a thing that happened that we were all deeply disappointed in. (laughs) Well, that's why it's the number 16 seed versus the number one seed. And unfortunately or fortunately, depending on, I know you're a big Marvel Champions kind of fan and you're a big kind of Avengers fan. I'm a huge X-Men Mutant Insurrection fan. Uh, Anthony, here's, here's, here's how the big battle turns out. Turns out, not surprisingly, Marvel Champions, the card game, comes out. It's knocking down X-Men Mutant Insurrection. So the number one seed moves on. What's up next, Anthony? All right. So moving on to kind of a couple broader categories, because we can't pick just one representative. But we have number eight, Marvel Dice Masters. And there mm-hmm. are 45 versions of Marvel Dice Masters, uh, <laughs> starting with the Avengers versus X-Men. And number nine, DC Comics deck building game, which, of course, is the Cerberus engine from Cryptozoic and the 19 versions of this that they released. So these are both fantastic games. They both released around the same time. We've both played both of these and had a lot of fun with them. But the one that has the staying power and that really captures kind of the fun of going out there and and battling it out as as the characters from a particular uh, comic book series is... I feel like DC Comics deck building game. So they're moving on. Wow. Shocker there. I tell you. It's a lot of stuff going on. All right, Anthony. What's next is, again, not a big surprise here. I think we all saw this coming. You know, of course, we're talking about the Funkoverse. And in particular, the Funkoverse that's based in DC versus Batman. The animated series, Shadow of the Bat. So again, all your fun Funko characters able to move around on that little cute board in order to pick up points and slap each other around. Really (laughs) nice little Funko miniatures. And again, you have so many of the Batman characters in there. I mean, can't really go wrong necessarily with that. Against Batman, the animated series, which again is, in my estimation, the best. I think yours too, Anthony, right? The best Batman that's ever been Batmaned. And that is more of your miniature game. That's more of those situation where it's a co-op game and you're dice rolling and you're moving your characters around there. So somewhat more of your traditional game here. This is obviously an IDW game because back in the day, that was all the things that they produced. So again, a lot of fun, great little miniatures versus a great series. And Anthony, as always, thanks to his utility belt, Batman the Animated Series Adventure Shadow of the Bat moves on to the next round. It is upset. Number 12 over number five. Yes. Yeah. I mean, animated series all day over anything. (laughs) It's better storytelling Um, for the board game. It is. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. Where it's Funkoverse, swap in anything and, and you have the same mechanics. Um. All right. Number four, Marvel United. So this is uh-huh. the little chibi-fied figures from Simon and their big sprawling. And we're, we're talking about the first set, the one that's actually been released in full. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Marvel United yes, with sir. all the various Marvel characters. There's also the X-Men version um, versus number 13, Batman, the animated series Rogue's Gallery. So mm-hmm. the former here is a great, cute, quick, very accessible family take on the Marvel Universe. And if you back the Kickstarter, you have hundreds, potentially, of different characters you can play as. Um, whereas the Rogues Gallery, again, we've got Batman the Animated Series here, which is amazing. 
but you have a fairly <laughs> mediocre game that's using like a push your luck dice element, which is not super thematic to the characters necessarily. Um, there's there's bits in there that are thematic, obviously the luck elements uh, and, and having all the bad guys, which is one of the reasons the animated series is so good. But uh, Marvel United is going to move on just because of the sheer volume of content, the sheer different creative ways they utilize that content and uh, mm-hmm. all the potential promise in future releases. Makes sense. Makes sense. All right. So another big battle, and I think it's the, the biggest battle here, Anthony, our number six seed Batman Gotham City Chronicles. We're obviously talking about the monolith game based on the Conan game where you have your your good characters fighting all the baddies. You have a really cool, impressive row. And this was a huge Kickstarter that I know almost you know crushed you with the amount of miniatures that came along with this game versus Marvel Villainous. This is obviously the Disney Villainous Marvel version where we take a look from the, the villain side and as they battle the, the heroes. So actually you're trying to be able to meet your own particular goals. Obviously Thanos is on the cover because of course he is. And you have a lot of those iconic kind of pieces there. So, Anthony, two great games, a lot of punching, a lot of kicking, a lot of interesting characters here. Uh, We're taking a look at what it feels to be the best game version of that game. And we're going to go along with number 11, Marvel Villainous. I mean, the villains took the day here. They just squeaked it out here, just offering the actual intensity of the villains and how they kind of see the heroes and in particular the different win and challenge conditions that each of those have to face so marvel villainous number 11 moves on to the next round all right uh another upset there uh number three is legendary a marvel deck building game now legendary's (laughs) grown out and been a bunch of things but it started as a marvel deck building game and it is still the marvel deck building game up against number 14, X-Men Mutant Revolution. This is a re-implementation of Spartacus from uh, WizKids and Gale Force 9 back in 2015 uh, from our friend Andrew Parks. And because it's a re-implementation and it's using mechanics that we already know and it has like a weird kind of arena style approach to it, it doesn't really feel as much like X-Men as you might like from a game about X-Men. It's like a head-to-head battling game. Um, whereas Legendary is... It, it love it or hate it it's got all you could possibly want from the marvel universe in there um lots of different ways to play lots of different thematic elements to it so it's got to be number three legendary a marvel deck building game absolutely amazing there all right so our next battle here is one of the biggest battles i, w- I would actually like to see this this is our number seven game wonder <laughs> woman challenge of the amazons versus number 10 thanos rising again uh thanos rising is another one of those games that we just talked about recently where it was a kind of a reskin marvel property this time you have thanos in the center and again it's a lot of dice rolling it's it's just you got this really i don't know purple interesting plastic miniature in the middle and it's all about the infinity stones i mean who doesn't know about the infinity stones there the opposite side of this is you have Wonder Woman challenges of the Amazon. So Wonder Woman's going to be facing down three of her classic villains, Ares, Cheetah, or Cersei. And again, you have your little miniatures that come into play. They kind of run around and, uh, you know, attack each other. And then again, it's just a very simple action-based 
movement attack on the board kind of situation. There's some challenges and some teamwork, but basically it's a straight up kind of like move to the mentors, the right pot spots, and hopefully have enough uh, attack values to be able to take out the baddies. So Anthony, again, not big surprise here. We we're taking a look at the, the two Titans of all time here. Wonder Woman challenge of the Amazons. Our number seven seed moves on to the next round. All right. Great stuff. Um, that's a surprisingly good game. Like it kind of came out of nowhere. That's a good one. Yes. Uh, so number two, uh, thrown in here in this bracket specifically to drive everybody with OCD a little mad is Sentinels of the Multiverse. <laughs> it's not DC or Marvel, but it could be. It's close enough. Right? It's superhero. Yeah, it's, it, it is about a superhero. It's superhero gets. So mm-hmm. um, the, you know, all time, one of the great all time uh, deck building type of games. Uh, so. Sentinels of Multiverse versus number 15, Hail Hydra. This is a mm-hmm. Spin Master release based in the Marvel Universe where it's a social deduction game. You're trying to find the Hydra agent amongst the various S.H.I.E.L.D. agents. You, you know the drill, social deduction. And so it's cute. It's got cool Marvel artwork. It's quick and easy to play. It's accessible. But it feels like a lot of other games. So it, it doesn't really <laughs> do anything unique or different. And if you took the theme off of it, it would just be another secret agents party deduction game. So uh, we're going to go with Sentinels and Multiverse and see if they can take down the Marvel and DC universes in a future round. All right. So that wraps up our first bracket here. That is our superhero bracket. Anthony, we are now into the heroes that not many people know about. They're indie classic and indie favorites and indie loves. We are talking about our first seed in our indie bracket. Hellboy, the board game, versus Gru, the game. So again, two really interesting, radically different games. Gru is all about building your town using cards that obviously have the classic Gru artwork there. Really a lot of fun game, especially for big fans out there. And then you have Hellboy, the board game. This is your standard miniatures on the board, and they're moving around, you know, kind of clustering together and then you're rolling fistful of dice in order to slap around the bad guys. I guess if you're going to play a indie board game, that's all about the comic. And again, this one is the traditional comic Hellboy, the board game. It's going to be that number one seed because again, it really does show and shine through. So that's our number one seed Hellboy, the board game moving on to the next round. All right. Uh, Next up, we got number eight, the Reckoners. This is a big, sprawling, massive, uh, I don't know, m- big mix of combination of mechanics, cooperative game from Nauvoo Games based on The Reckoners, which is a series of books and comic books from Brandon Sanderson uh, based about superheroes kind of growing up in a world where a bunch of bad superheroes are in charge. Uh, that is going up against number nine, The Walking Dead All Out War. So this is from Mantic Games and... It's a 1v1 tactical skirmish game uh, in which you are facing off against one another uh, based on characters and factions from the Walking Dead comic series, which is one of the most popular comic book series of the last 30 years, probably. So we have a very tactical one-on-one game. We have a big, sprawling, epic, cooperative game, both of them representing their themes very effectively. Um, The Walking Dead is going to win out on this one, though, because it really captures... 
what makes that show series comic series all of that work so well is kind of that dread of what's right around the corner and this really is based strongly on the comic book artwork which is fantastic so walking dead all out war ah big surprise there okay next up we are going hardcore anthony autumn harvest a tea dragon society game versus the phantom the card game who knows what evil lies in the heart of men? Of course, it is the Phantom, the card game. So basically what you're doing here, it's a co-op game playing the Phantom and or Diana. And then you're going through three co-op missions in order to defeat the baddies there. It's a one or two player game. It's solo. And again, the Phantom is a solo player. So that makes a lot of sense. Versus Autumn Har- Harvest, a Teach Dragon society game. And again, it's all about the tea dragons And they're awesome. And they're cute. And they're adorable. And again... It's a rather basic game of set collection, nothing really too earth-shattering here. So if we're looking for a game that's all about the theme and really does represent the, the comic character here, The Phantom, the card game, number 12 seed with the upset, moves on to the next round. All right. Uh, so next up we have uh, number four, Mind MGMT, the psychic espionage game. This is a new one, just came out last fall. Um from off the page games and it is based on a comic book series of the same name and it is a deduction hidden movement type of game so you are trying to track down this secret agent spy who's kind of running through this space and it's very creative about how it does that uh really drawing on the source material and imbuing it into the various mechanics of the game so much so that they got the original artist from the comic book series uh Matt Kind to do the artwork for this. So like you see the cover of the box and it looks like the cover of a comic from that series. So uh, that is up against Scott Pilgrim's precious little card game. Um, again, great artwork really captures the original comic series as based on the graphic novels, not on the movie. And we were both very excited for this when it came out. It didn't really hold up in terms of a game, but it does draw a lot of really cool, interesting thematic elements from that series but at the end of the day mind management mind mgmt really does so much more it builds just this interesting engaging world and it captures the look and feel of it very well from the comics all right so next up is judge dread helter skelter our number six seed versus our number 11 seed lock and key the game now i actually had a chance a long time ago this was actually one of those kind of early kind of weird grail games uh judge red helter skelter again uh if you don't know judge red you should like there's been a bunch of movies and obviously the comics have been out there the gameplay is fairly simple it's all about moving around the board and using your different weapons to take down uh the other gangs that are you know playing out there Again, a very classic, old, minimalistic kind of game, but it has such of that kind of like, you know, interesting artwork that was always about this brutal kind of, it just, it really just reeks of Judge Dredd. It's just, it's just so grimy across the board. Now, Lock and Key, the the board game from 2012, not based on, uh, I guess, the, the current, I think, Netflix series. Obviously, is all about that great comic. Really, really shows its way through. Um, you get what's interesting about it is you get a co-op or competitive play, and again, it's about a deck of cards that allow you to kind of like build out the mystery. 
Um, both really great games. Both utilize the artwork from the comic. The one that stands out above and beyond because it tells the story even better is Lock and Key the Game. So that is our number 11 seed. Moving on to the next round. All right. Num- number three on the list is Kick-Ass the Board Game. Uh, this is uh, came out from Simon a few years ago and is based on the graphic novel series uh, Kick-Ass by Mark Millar. Um, original artist here again, which I wish all of these did. Just bring in the original artist, get that artwork in there, original art for the game, um, John Romita Jr. And this is a big area movement, cooperative, miniature moving game, right? It, it's all the things you'd expect from a Simon game. And it worked relatively well. It didn't like like the world on fire, but it worked, right? Um, the other game we have here is Judge Dread 1982, uh, kind of the uh, Games Workshop kind of throwback game that has been brought back and reworked and kind of re-implemented in various ways, similar to what you're talking about with Helder Skelter. Uh, but it was just kind of one of those original games that actually captured thematically what was happening in the comic series well, especially for the time, 1982. Uh, between the two of these, though, uh, we're going to have to go with Kick-Ass, the board game, just because, again, we got the original artist, we have the thematic elements, we have all these different miniatures representing all the characters from the game, and like the way they move around and interact really captures the very brutal nature of that comic series well. Very cool. All right, next up, we have our number seven seed, The Walking Dead. Here's Negan, the board game. Obviously, this is all about the Walking Dead series, but from the comic book point of view, you are playing one of Negan's uh, lieutenants that are out there working in the sanctuary, knocking out those walkers as they come around and trying to complete missions. So it's a co-op game, but obviously it's very competitive. So it really does fit with the theme. You're playing with miniatures. So again, you know, you're shooting down zombies. That's what it's all got to be, right? It's always about the, it's always about shooting the zombies. Cordos uh, is a very different game. Uh, obviously, we're looking at a more of a mystical world where you're dealing with the Russians and, and these kind of adventures that you're going on. Really beautiful, interesting artwork that comes into the play here. Two really great games. Wonderful kind of artwork in play here. Corto. Uh, moves on to the next round. It just incorporates a lot more of the story characters and artwork in a much more dynamic way. Our number 10 seed, best number seven. All right. Uh, next up, we have number two on the list, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Shadows of the Past. And number 15, Hate. So Ninja Turtles uh, from IDW, uh, designed by Kevin Wilson, is a big box Guys on a map moving around cooperative game. <laughs> You've heard the story. Shocker. So, Shocker. <laughs> um, it's a campaign game. So you're moving through. You're trying to play through the different content from the IDW TMNT comics. Um, you have all the different villains are in there, all the different characters like Casey Jones, Alapex. Uh, the, the, each of the sequences, like maybe an hour, hour and a half. They're not too long. And it really does feel like playing through either, you know, an episode of the show or an issue of the comic. Um, hate is uh, we've talked about this game many times on this <laughs> podcast. We're not fans of what it does. Um, it's based on comic book artwork and work by Adrian Smith, who did the artwork here along with several other artists. And it's just a brutal, brutal world. And I don't know. We honestly don't know much about the mechanics because we just actively avoided playing it because of how just like intentionally 
edgy and grimdark it, it attempts to be. You know, throwing people in ovens was kind of the line at which I was like, <laughs> I'm out. Um, so to that end, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles being one of my favorite things of all time, and this game really capturing every element of that, and honestly hate just being like, I'm sorry if you love it, and good on you, enjoy what you enjoy, but it's just not for me or us. <laughs> Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Shadows of the Past, moving on. All right, so that's going to be everything for our indie round. Now, next up to our next bracket here, we're talking about webcomics, all those little fun kind of things that you read and watch on your computer. Now it's live on a board game. So first up, and of course it's first up, it's the first seed. Otherwise, it would explode on us. Exploding Kittens, the, one of the biggest Kickstarters of all time, is our number one seed. If you haven't played Exploding Kittens, I don't know how, you, how you've existed this far. Yeah. <laughs> Again, it's Exploding Kittens. It's it's about all the cards that you get in hands, and it's, it's a very much take that kind of game where it just really comes down to playing cards on all the other players, and it has really, I guess, funny, interesting artwork about crazy kittens that do really weird things. But primarily, it's about the bomb, right? And can you defuse it? Will it go off in your face or someone else? Versus Dilbert, Corporate Shuffle. Uh, Dilbert, back in the day, was kind of like the kind of commentary on like the modern workday. If you don't know much about Dilbert and you work in an office, you probably have heard a lot of the jokes and comments and commentary. Probably comes from Dilbert. Uh, Richard Garfield put this game together. The artist is Scott Adams, well-known from uh, Wizards of the Coast. That being said, the game has very little, if anything, to do with the actual comic or you know, you know, like kind of, I guess, mythology of that kind of office. It's really all about just playing numbers on top of the numbers until you can get rid of a set, which is incredibly sad. Now, Exploding Kittens is honestly <laughs> about exploding kittens. So as much as it's a reviled game in some some quarters, it does what it says it does, and it does it really well. Exploding Kittens, the number one seat, best the number 16 seat, and moves on to the next round. Shocker. Yeah. <laughs> Dilbert got exploded. Yeah, see, I like Dilbert, but... Uh, yeah. All right, next up we have number eight, Witness, versus number nine, Dork Tower. So Witness came out in 2014. It's based on a comic series from the 1940s by Edgar P. Jacobs. And in it, you are trying to solve various cases. So it's got some deduction and memory elements. It's murder mystery. You're working together. You have to remember various pieces and elements and clues as they come up and kind of piece them together to solve the case. Uh, it is four players, only four players. So it is very like you play the way we tell you to play. <laughs> is that one of those types of games, right? Not a lot of flexibility there. Um, nope. On, on the other end of the spectrum, we have Dork Tower, which is two to six players, and you play with as many as you want. This is designed by Steve Jackson and Philip Reed, artwork famously by John Kovalik. And uh, the game's been around for about 20 years or so. And you know, there's comics, there's all sorts of stuff built on top of this. Um, but you're basically going to be some character with some special abilities and various factors based on your class. You're moving through this various quests that you're going on. You're trying to defeat the five monsters of the wizard and uh, basically reach the Dork Tower at the middle <laughs> of this kind of rondellish type of map. And it's fun. It's cute. It's funny. It's goofy. It's, you know, John Kavalik's artwork. I love it. I wish I loved more of the games that it was in. But sure. This one does a good job of kind of capturing that 
silly nonsensical sense of humor that we get from Steve Jackson games and kind of comes through in the comics as well. Um, and it's more accessible. You don't need just four people. So moving on, number nine, Dork Tower. All right. So let's talk about our number five seed, Joking Hazard. This is the web comic from our friends at Cyanide and Happiness. And it's somewhat of an apples to apples kind of clone where basically uh, cards come out. Everyone gets to kind of put together a funny joke. But this time, instead of just straight words or obscene text, you're actually going to be able to use the different web comics, you know, slides to actually put something together. It's random. It's fun. It's it's kind of based down to what the comic strip is all about. But now that this time you get to put those things together versus Space Battle Lunchtime Card Game. Uh, <laughs> this is one of those games that's always about the artwork here. It's a really interesting theme about the chef being taken out to the, you know, out to space to compete in this kind of space time contest. They're trying to put together all these different cooking recipes and then someone gets to judge. So put together wacky recipes and again, have a lot of fun with that kind of hand management set collection in order to get the best thing. Obviously, I can make a joke about this, but I'm not because Joking Hazard obviously has this down really to the letter. It's really all about that kind of three-cell kind of joke that you're able to put together. And it's a lot of fun. So Joking Hazard moves on to the next round. All right. Uh, Next up, we have number four, the Penny Arcade, The Game, Gamers versus Evil. Versus Order of the Stick Adventure Game, The Dungeon of Dorukan. Uh, both of these games are a little bit older. Kind of came out in the heyday of Webtoons uh, back in the 2000s. And first up, we have Penny Arcade, right? So we all know Penny Arcade now. If you're relatively new to internet, web, conventions, everything, you probably know the best is you know, from PAX and all the things PAX, but uh, the web comics have been around forever at all things gaming, right? So this is a deck building game in which they bring in everything from their world. So you have gamer cards, you have merch, you have PAX Pox you're trying to avoid. There's werewolf with a top hat. There's a cardboard tube samurai, all the things, you know, from Penny Arcade um, all brought in and using a relatively simple format of a deck building game. Um, Order of the Stick Adventure Game is a, dice rolling adventure game you're kind of moving along very very simple mechanically but the deluxe version comes with the expansion as well and you're trying to complete various adventures in the very simple stick figure world of order of the stick um game is fairly long there's a lot going on there uh and it is not super forgiving in terms of what it's asking you to do (laughs) so if you really love order of the stick there's a lot there um but the the game that really kind of captures everything and makes it accessible and does it in a fun creative colorful way is penny arcade the game so that one is moving on number four all right our next battle is i guess brothers because they come from the same designer here this is our number six seed unstable unicorns versus our number 11 seed here to slay so unstable unicorns is all about the really cute artwork uh all these really cute unicorns that seem really cute and cuddly but obviously will mess you up and again it's based on the text on the bottom how they come into play what their reactions they do whether they're knocked out or how they move around versus here to slay which is in that kind of same universe but now it's more of an rpg the board game you're actually building up a character taking them down into the dungeon and again same kind of cutesy artwork 
really, really adorable characters, but kind of mixed in with that RPG stuff. Two interesting, cute games, and it's all about about getting messy really quickly. Here to slay, slays its older brother, Unstable Unicorns. Number 11 seed takes out the number six seed. All right. Cool. So uh, next up, we have two games that uh, are not based on specific webcomics, but kind of built their own universe and art style um, in a comic comic format, right? So first we have up Heroes Wanted at number three seed, and then at the number 14 seed, Pack of Heroes. So Heroes Wanted is a larger one to five player tactical game. Um, You've got all the different mechanics kind of mixed in here. It is a Kickstarter game, so... You get, you know, that's what you expect, um, where you're moving around and you're trying to fulfill your dreams of becoming a member of Zeta City's exclusive superhero team. And so you do all sorts of different things. You fight different people, you complete headlines, you thwart villains, all, all the good stuff that you'd expect from a big, sprawling superhero type of game. Uh, Pack of Heroes is a two player only game from Phil Walker Harding that, you know, famously has developed many, many great games. And it is one in which you build a deck from 30 different heroes and you slug it out using the various superpowers that each of those heroes has. So it's an open drafting game that allows you to kind of build your own stable of superpowers. And then you face off against one another and try to get the best of your opponent. Um, So two very different types of games. Both of them came out the same year, by the way, which is kind of funny. Um, But the one that really kind of captures what it means to build a hero and build a team of heroes and take on other players as succinctly and directly as possible is pack of heroes. So number 14 here moving on. All right. Next up is two really radically different games. Our first game up our number seven C trial by trolley versus our number 10 C Knights club, the bands of bravery. So first up trial by trolley. Again, we're, we're looking at, a really crazy game. It's based on that whole trolley, you know, moral dilemma where here comes down the trolley and it's going to run over one group of people versus another group of people. Big surprise, right? And you get to have an opportunity to play cards to incentivize the trolley driver to take it down the other side of the track. And you get to play some good cards and bad cards on the other player. So, Maybe they seem like they're a better situation, but now they're a worse situation <laughs> versus, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, it is what it is. I mean, we can't say too much. I mean, it's 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 one of those games, to say the least. Knights Club, the Bands of Bravery, is a solo RPG kind of choose-your-own-adventure game in a whole series of great uh, published books that you can actually play through. So, again, two really great games, two great games, you know, utilizing artwork to tell a story. Again, because it really kind of focuses on what we know best about the trolley problem, which is, again, is like this hard philosophical moral dilemma. And Cyanide and Happiness kind of moves it up to the next level. Trial by Trolley makes a decision to run over Knight's Club, the Bands of Bravery. And who would have known it? The number seven seed knocks out the number 10 seed and moves on to the next round. All right. Uh, next up, we have number two on this list, Arcane Academy. This is... Designed by Eric Lang and Kevin Wilson, kind of a superstar duo there. And it is based on Finding Gossamer, a series of comics about a world in which math is kind of the core of the magic system. Uh, So the game is, as you might guess, a Euro type of game in which you are trying to link (laughs) different tiles together. uh, And you're building out a tableau that kind of helps generate various magic abilities. So 
it is thematic, but it's also mechanical in a lot of ways. Um, but it's very cute. It's clever. It has a lot of very beautiful artwork on it as well. Uh, Simon's Cat at number 15 is based on the YouTube series uh, from Simon Tofield. And very popular series about just little cat doing stupid cat things. Uh, this is from Steve <laughs> Jackson Games. And there's several different expansions that kind of build on this and give you different mechanics. Um, but really, it's a memory game, trick-taking type of card game. Uh, so the core of the game is the artwork. The mechanics, again, kind of take the precedence here. Um, if if you like cute cats and all the dumb stuff that cats do, then Simon's Cat is a great game for you. Um, but between the two, Arcane Academy does a better job of representing the world from which it is drawn, finding Gossamer, and kind of mixes in that math element to the mechanics very well. So Arcane Academy, moving on. All right, so that's going to wrap up our webcomic bracket. We move on to our final bracket, the manga bracket. And of course, if you're going to have a manga bracket and you're going to have a number one seed, it's going to be Attack on Titan, The Last Stand, versus our number 16 seed, One Piece, Water 7. So again, two of the the biggest mangas out there, Literally, in the case of Attack on Titan, right. <laughs> the last stand. So this is surprisingly enough an Anton Bowser game, and in fact, the game itself is going to have a giant Titan that's going to be eating people, and your job is to take down the Titans. Again, a lot of dice rolling. You get the the actual characters here. It's a press your luck game versus One Piece Water Seven from 2014. The designer is uncredited, and not a big surprise here. One Piece is one of the longest, if you know, mangas out there. And again, there's no sign of stopping here. So Luffy and his crew are out there to, to kind of work cooperatively, roll dice, and again, do the normal spin and move kind of thing. There's no competition here. One Piece deserves a far better game that really represents the, the manga. Attack on Titan. Man, it, it looks like everything. Eat down to the giant titans eating people. Yeah. So Attack on Titan, the last stand, our number one seed, moves on to the next round. All right. Yes. A, a titan among games. There you go. Uh, See? Yeah, I did it. I did the joke. Uh, <laughs> number eight, Sword Art Online board game, Sword of Fellows. This was a Kickstarter project uh, designed by Seiji Kanai of Love Letter fame. And it's a uh -huh. cooperative game using dice to take down various monsters. The game, of course, based on the anime and manga of the same names in which players are stuck inside of an online RPG. Uh, and then we have number nine, Naruto Shippuden deck building game. This is from Cryptozoic, and it's based on the uh, Naruto uh, anime and therefore manga series. Um, using the Cerberus engine, we talked about the the deck building engine from the DC Comics deck builder, um, which is a fantastic system that kind of lets you really kind of gleam on any theme. But this one in particular does a good job of kind of implementing the mechanics of that theme effectively. Um, both games do a really good job of representing the source material uh, but if you want one that really lets you play through the game in a way that represents uh the characters from that game it's gonna be naruto shippuden deck building game all right so uh, the two another two big clashes that are going to come down here is obviously two of the biggest thing two of the biggest mangas animes out there of all time one is the new kid on the block my hero academia the card game versus number 12 seed, Cowboy Bebop Space Serenade. 
So My Hero Academia, the card game, is your traditional, you know, 1v1 kind of battle game. You get your your hero from the academy. You get different attack cards, response cards. You got your deck. You get down to play. And then it's just a lot of slapping and punching as usual. Not, not Nothing too surprising there. Cowboy Bebop Space Serenade from 2019 was more of an evolved game. It had a lot of just elements from the game from the game from the story that you've seen previously the miniatures are available and basically it's about running all those kind of like pretty sketchy kind of pickup drop offs a little bit of crime a little bit of heroism throughout the game cowboy bebop space serenade moves on to the next round until then we'll see you later cowboys what do you got up next anthony all right, next up, I got number four, Naruto Shippuden, the board game versus number 13, Dragon Ball Z Perfect Cell. Uh, so the Naruto board game, uh, this one came from Japanime Games, is a cooperative game in which you take on the role of one of the many characters from the Naruto series fighting the Akatsuki criminal ninja organization that are hunting down um, the basically, I can't pronounce it, but the various humans who have host to tail beasts. So Naruto, <laughs> people like Naruto, <laughs> they're hunting them down. Um, and so you basically have to stop them from moving through this map and taking out the various villages where they're hunting. Uh, so it's a very classical cooperative game. You're fighting against the game. You're going to lose more often than not, but it does a good job of representing the theme. Uh, Dragon Ball Perfect Cell is a game I was very excited for because there are not a lot of Dragon Ball Z board games and it's very bad. So... <laughs> <laughs> it does not do a very good job of representing the theme. It's all, you roll a bunch of dice. The theme is that Cell's trying to gain his perfect form and you have to stop him, right? So it's a cooperative game. There's some dice rolling involved. But n- you never feel like any of the characters that you're playing as. You don't even really feel like you're facing off against Cell. I think I gave this game a four on Board Game Geek. Uh, wow. So it 100% is going to be Naruto Shippuden in the board game. Do not play this Dragon Ball game. It is bad. Wow. Okay. All right, our next up and our our big battle here is Ruby, R-W-B-Y, versus Attack on Titan, the deck-building card game. Again, uh, Attack on Titan's biggest of ever. Obviously, Ruby is about, you know, our our heroes coming from Rooster Teeth. Again, another really interesting game where you get to play one of many heroes. And in a Sentinels of the Multiverse kind of way or Aeon's End, you are fighting that character, that bad guy, and as as the game goes on, the bad guy gets more and more powerful. So you also have to gear up with your own powers in order to kind of save the day here a little bit. So versus Attack on Titan, the deck building game again. Uh, not we're not talking about giant cardboard miniatures here. Again, we're talking about cards, and here you have your hero character. You're trying to build up the appropriate deck in order to head up to the wall, take out the Titans who are like super powerful using the anime artwork here, not the manga arc, but the anime artwork, not too bad. And because it really kind of fulfills that kind of, you know, building up the character and really story driven attack on Titan, the deck building game moves on to the next round. All right. Uh, Next up we have number three, the Pokemon trading card game. One of the classic games on this list from 1997 (laughs) And then we have Tokyo Ghoul, the card game. So Pokemon trading card game, famously based on the video game series, the anime, the manga, all the things. Uh, it, it, it's very simple. You have a deck full of Pokemon trainers and 
energy and you play them out and battle your opponent until one of you runs out of uh, prize cards. So it, it's a classic. My kids still play it. I played it <laughs> when I was in middle school. They play it now. Uh, it's been going strong for many, many years. Tokyo Ghoul, the card game, is a deck building game in which you're going to build a deck of the various ghouls from the series and face off against one another. Uh, it's two to four, but it's really best with two players kind of back and forth. Another one of those open drafting games similar to the heroes of the pack of heroes we talked about before. Uh, and it, it does a fairly good job of representing the manga and the anime fairly well. Um, but at the end of the day, Pokemon trading card game, this when some people hear Pokemon, this is what they think about. And for a, the world's largest franchise, the thing that makes the most money of any franchise in the world, uh, that is impressive. So Pokemon trading card game moving on. All right. In our next confrontation, it's it's two of the big, biggest confrontations, radically different. So Death Note confrontation, right? All about the intellectual jockeying of these two super geniuses with a little Shimagami thrown into the mix. Again, trying to figure out who's who and utilizing this kind of really interesting dynamic kind of guess who kind of feature versus Dragon Ball Super Card Game, right? Because again, Dragon Ball, man. Yeah. (laughs) And I mean, honestly, everything about this game is Dragon Ball. Every inch of this is like kinetic card game fighting action situation it's a two-player game nothing too surprising here but it does have all the characters it does have all the power-ups really kind of throws everything at you throughout the game both really two fun fun games interesting dynamic interesting battle throughout you know what if it's going to be fun if it's gonna it's gonna punch through the ceiling it's gonna be dragon ball z the super card game because i think as well as the mechanics work for Death Note, the Dragon Ball Z Super Card game, they really just have it pitched perfectly, even though it's more of your generic kind of one versus one kind of throw cards at, at a board and see what happens. Right. <laughs> uh, awesome. Yeah, so uh, last one here in this bracket, number two, Robotech Attack on the SDF1. Uh, big sprawling cooperative game in which you play characters on the Super Dimension Fortress 1 uh, trying to fight off the alien forces, the Zentra Eddy uh, attacking. So we, we got a chance to tr- see this and try it out at a convention once upon a time. And then I've never seen it since. So it's, it's kind of one of those rare <laughs> games floating out in the ether. Uh, and then Lupin the third, the board game uh, about, well, based on Lupin the third. So in this game, you will be playing, it's kind of Scotland Yard in reverse. So they describe it. So one player plays Inspector Zenigata and everybody else plays, um, one of the various thieves trying to get away with things, right? So a hidden movement team-based game. Um, between these two games, Lupin the Third does a really good job. It tries to represent the theme well. It just doesn't quite bring it all together. Attack on the SDF-1, from what, what we played of it, is just fantastic. You get the big fortress in the middle of the table, and you're kind of moving around it, and you're trying to protect everything. Uh, this is one of those games that whenever I see it online, I'm like, oh, I wish I could get that back to the table. So Robotech, Attack on the SDF-1, moving on. All right, so that brings us all the way back up to our first bracket. That's our superhero bracket. And some of the biggest, baddest superheroes duking it out. We go back up to our number one seed, Marvel Champions, the card game, versus our number nine seed, DC Comics deck builder game. Anthony, I mean, this is the champion match right up front. 
really kind of difficult games to kind of put together because, again, they're both great in what they do. Marvel Champions, the card game, it's a living card game. So what's fantastic about it is you'll be able to pick up individual packs of heroes that you'll be able to bring into different battles versus the baddies. Excellent. Versus DC deck building game, again, from Cryptozoic that has so many expansions that you can play into and again, all of the DC characters, great artwork, two fantastic games. Really hard to p- kind of compare both of these games because you're a DC or you're a Marvel fan. But you know what? If it's about the story and about the implementation of the story, Marvel Champions, the card game, you get to pick your characters, your heroes, you get to build the team, you get to put them into action. The number one seed, the card game moves on. As it should. <laughs> um <laughs> Next up, we got number 12, Batman the Animated Series Shadow of the Bat versus number four, Marvel United. So two games with miniatures, one in the Batman universe, one in the Marvel universe. So the very different takes on this, though, we have the animated series, lots of miniatures, a little bit more. I don't want to say mature because it's still based on a cartoon series for kids, but just a little bit more meat on the bone versus Marvel United, which is all about the chibi figures and mechanically, it does some interesting things. It tries creative ideas, uh, but it's more of a, it's like a sandbox of various mechanics that you could kind of tackle. So between these two games, you've got classic, classic Batman, and then you've got Marvel United. I'm going to go with Batman, the animated series. We definitely feel this is, you know, one of the best representations of the animated series and uh, lots of great miniatures in that box. All right, next up is another Titan battle. This is Marvel Villainous. Everyone out there knows the Villainous series. It's huge. It's big. It's blowing up. Disney did a fantastic job. They actually put together a really good game. I remember playing the Villainous series. I'm like, this is not going to be good. I know this is not going to be good. (laughs) And then it's this fantastic game where you set up like your line of cards and you activate them. And then you get to throw classic good guys at the other players, bad guys in order to stop them. And then each player has this kind of unique win condition. And I mean, like it's a fantastic game. I don't even know. Like again, legendary, a Marvel deck building game. Anthony and I were talking about this earlier. This was the kind of big superhero game that everyone used to sit and sleeve (laughs) each and every card. If you've never played this game, just trust me. It's like every card. It's like literally every card. You're basically building up a shield team to take out the bad guy And it's all over the place, but also it has all the different Marvel characters that you'll be able to put in an expansion. So two really big, interesting games as far as putting things together. The game that tells the best story and really brings things together. In another upset, Marvel Villainous moves on to the next round and knocks out Legendary, a Marvel deck building game. Whoa, that is an upset. Yeah, (laughs) I know. I was shocked too. Yeah. It's the villains. It's the villains. They got away with it. I know. What are they doing? I know the villains. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Next up, we have number seven, Wonder Woman Challenge of the Amazons, a cooperative game from Prospero Hall, which just keeps hitting us with games that we don't expect to be good. And they're amazing. Uh, Based on Wonder Woman and and the various Amazons in uh, the DC universe. And then we have Sentinels of the Multiverse, which is, again, not a DC or Marvel property. It's an original one from Greater Than Games, but has built its own lore. And there are its own comic books and RPGs and everything. Like, there's a whole world here. So definitely fits in this category. Also a cooperative game, but a lot more depth and detail and things going on there and expansions. And 
between these two, again, Wonder Woman Challenge of the Amazons, it's amazing. It does a really, really interesting job and really accessible to a lot of people. But in terms of depth and creativity and world building, Sentinels of the Multiverse is uh, above and beyond many other games. So it's going to move on from this list. All right, that moves us on to our next bracket. Again, not the big superheroes, but the you know the, the heroes that are really close and dear to us. These are the indie games out there. So our first matchup is our number one seed, Hellboy, the board game, versus our number nine seed, The Walking Dead, All Out War. Again, two great games, and again, all about those miniatures on the board and how they can meet those missions. But again, when it comes down to telling a story, the bigger of the stories, of course, is our number one seed, Hellboy, the board game. He moves on to the next round. All right. Uh, next up, we have number 12, The Phantom, the card game from Michael Leake. And number four, Mind Management or Mind MGMT. I'm going to keep doing that because I don't actually know how to pronounce <laughs> it. But, um, uh, so with the Phantom, the card game, again, just this really creative, interesting take on this classic, classic comic book hero. Uh, it's been around for decades at this point. Uh, up against a relatively new comic book series, Mind Management. Uh, and the latter just does so many interesting creative things within the format. Not just using the comic book format, which is integrated into the game, but also just mechanically drawing on that kind of hidden movement element. So uh, number four, Mind Management, moving on. All right, next up is a challenging situation here. Our number 11 game, Lock and Key, the game, versus our number three game, Kick-Ass, the board game. Two great games, two great themes, two great artworks in play here. The game that really moves me and the game that really represents the game, even though it, it does come down to being a trick-taking game with a bit of a twist, because it does have some deck-building elements to it, is Lock and Key, the game. Again, a really interesting dynamic game with great artwork, and something that everyone should be playing. All right. Uh, next up, number 10, Corto. Again, based on just a, a classic game. It's a card-based adventure game. Lots of cool stuff going on here. Really draws on the artwork really effectively. Versus number two, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Shadows of the Past. Big old box of stuff. Lots of things going on <laughs> in that game. I don't typically like big old boxes of stuff, but for whatever reason, this big box of stuff really got under my skin, and I've kept it, and I really enjoy it. Uh, so for me, it's got to be Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shadows of the Past. All right. So what we lo are looking at here is, again, we're looking at our next bracket that's coming up here. We're looking about the web comics. First up is our number one seed, Exploding Kittens, versus our number nine seed, Dork Tower. And obviously here we have two radically different games, two games that really represent the kind of like gameplay that gamers like to get to the table Tough competition here, but again, as much as we love our Dark Tower, Exploding Kittens, our number one seed, moves on to the next round. All right, number five, and the next matchup is Joking Hazard, uh, up against number four, Penny Arcade, the game, Gamers vs. Evil. Uh, again, Joking Hazard does a lot of really creative things, really draws on the source material well, but at the end of the day, it's just a party game, uh, and it's a good one, and people enjoy it, but it's just a party game, whereas Penny Arcade really builds around the mythology of the Penny Arcade uh, comic series. So number four, Penny Arcade, the game, Gamers versus Evil, moving on. All right. Our next competition is our number 11 seed, Here to Slay, versus our number 14 seed, Pack of Heroes. Both about these heroes taking on the baddies. 
And you know what? If you're going to go with a webcomic series, you want it to be cute and fuzzy, but also have really solid gameplay. So Here to Slay moves on to our next round. All right, number seven, Trial by Trolley. Uh, again, a kind of another party game. Again, talk about Joking Hazard. Uh, but <laughs> more creative elements to it, I feel like, and utilizing kind of a, I say fun, but interesting philosophical discussion, <laughs> a little dark. Um, and Arcane Academy, which really, again, does a really good job of building on that comic series and utilizing the mechanics effectively. But it is very mechanics driven, whereas Trial by Trolley is trying to get you into the artwork, into the fun, into the goofiness of that world. So number seven, Trial by Trolley, moving on. All right. So that moves on to our final bracket here. And what we're taking a look at is our manga anime series. So, Anthony, we got some big, big fights coming on here. Let's hold on. Keep, keep, stay with us here. Our number one seed is Attack <laughs> on Titan, Last Stand, versus our number nine seed, Naruto Shippuden, deck building game. Again, two really big titans of gaming out here. But there can only be one, and for the moment here, Attack on Titan, last stand, our number one seed moves on to the next round. All right. Uh, next up, we have Cowboy Bebop Space Serenade versus at number 12 versus number four, Naruto Shippuden, the board game. Uh, Cowboy Bebop Space Serenade, one of the best anime series of all time. Drawing, building on that with a competitive deck building game that just does some interesting things, has a lot of great artwork in it. It's one of the better ways to play Cowboy Bebop at the table versus Naruto Shippuden, which one of the better ways to play Naruto at the table. Um, but mm-hmm. Naruto does a lot more things to get you into the action. It's cooperative. You get a lot of the different enemies because of that. And you kind of feel like you're moving your way through that series. So Naruto Shippuden, the board game, moving on. All right. Next up is another Attack on Titan, but this time it's the deck building game versus Pokemon, the trading card game. Two great, you know, deck builder, game builders. But again, come on, let's be honest here. It's Pokemon, the trading card game. Moves on to the next round, our number three seed. My kids would be happy. Um, (laughs) Number 10, Dragon Ball Super Card Game uh, versus number two, Robotech Attack on the SDF1. I love me some Robotech, but like I said before, this game's really hard to find. I've yet to be able to play it again. Dragon Ball Super, the card game, it's insane. It's over the top. The card artwork is crazy. But I still buy these because of it, right? It's so thematic that you just want to hold the card and the artwork. And the game plays out really effectively as well based on this mechanic. So Dragon Ball Super, the card game for number 10 is moving on. All right. That brings us back up to our first bracket. It's all about superheroes. And we have two big battles here, Anthony. Our number one seed Marvel champions, the card game versus number 12, the animated series Shadow of the bat two really great games two fantastic opportunities to really battle out against each other of course it needs to be it's got to be marvel champions the card game the living card game because it really does bring you through each of those different adventures all right yeah so uh, the bottom end of the bracket here we have number 11 marvel villainous versus number two sentinels of the multiverse uh marvel villainous again it's just such creative clever just it does all the things you don't expect it to do to the point that now we have all these versions of villainous. I mean, Disney obviously came first, but then there's Marvel. They just announced star Wars today. I think when we're recording this, so just a fantastic system all the way around 
But again, Sentinels, the multiverse, it's a whole multiverse. They don't use that word lightly. There's a lot happening there and they make it work across the entire game system. They've reinvented it in numbers of different ways and it just continues to work and build on its popularity uh, in ways that Marvel villainous comes close to, but not quite. So Sentinels, the multiverse, moving on. All right, on to our next bracket. We're talking about indie games. Our number one seed, Hellboy, the board game. Versus our number four seed, Mind Management, the psychic espionage game. Again, two great games really depicting their artwork and gameplay. Obviously, Hellboy is a lot more than just the punching and kicking here, but Mind Management here really puts you in the mind of the psychic espionage that's happening. They are the big upset here, our number four seed, overtaking Hellboy. Moving on to the next round. All right, uh, number four, moving on. Uh, on the other end of the bracket, we have number 11, Lock and Key the Game, versus number two, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Shadows of the Past. Uh, Lock and Key does, again, a fantastic job of really building on the lore of the comic book series, tapping into that horror element, utilizing some beautiful artwork to really draw that out in that card game. Uh, but Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, man, it just does everything <laughs> you want from a Turtles game. There's a lot of games that are based on books or comics or video games that should not have been miniatures games. This is one that always should have been a miniatures game. And I will not say mm. that often, but this one should have, and it was, and it really worked. So number two, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Shadows of the Past. Moving on. All right. So that moves on to the, the next bracket, which we are taking a look here at our web comics, our number one seed, Exploding Kittens. Versus our number four seed, Penny Arcade, The Game, Gamers versus Evil. Again, we like to have our web comics represented properly in their gameplay here, and both of these do a great job. Which one does better? Well, it turns out that if you really want to play a game that really represents the massive universe that they have, it's going to be Penny Arcade, The Game, Gamers versus Evil. A really smart, interesting deck building game that, again, to their credit, you know, it was kind of built into the lore that this is about gamers. So, of right. course, this would fit into that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's not because we love their conventions and buy their stuff. No, that's not what we're no. moving on. No, I mean, the Cryptozoic Engine, this really works very well. The Serapis, yeah. it just, it, this was the, I think, the original kind of thing that really stuck very well. Yeah. No, yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Uh, number 11, Here to Slay. We got fuzzy little animals with big mean weapons slashing away it's, it's so cute i love it uh versus trial by trolley which is little stick figures getting run over by things um <laughs> somehow also cute also a little disturbing uh so it, it, in terms of comics in terms of the artwork's role in the game here to slay it's cute it's accessible it's fun it's moving on all right no big surprise there and we move on to our final bracket here anthony Again, we're taking a look at manga and anime games. Our number one seed, Attack on Titan, Last Stand, versus our number four seed, Naruto Shippuden, the board game. Two big games out there, two really fantastic universes. Both really have a lot to explore in there. The game that's going to come out here, because it does represent the story you know, in a big way, is going to be Naruto Shapindu, the board game. The Jinjuku search and chase out here is so much big part of one of the that major arc, and they do a really good job in this board game here. So they're going to move on to the next round. All right. Uh, next up we have, uh, we didn't plan this, uh, number three, Pokemon oh boy. trading card game versus number 10, Dragon Ball Super Card Game. So 
I said that in the wrong emphasis. Dragon Ball Super, the card game. <laughs> so, um, again, we have a classic going back to 1997, one of the biggest card games in the world versus a relative newcomer on the stage, Dragon Ball Super, the card game, but still a very big, very popular game. And honestly, I love both of these games. I have content for both of them. I've played both of them. The one that really sticks out and has done such a good job of remaining consistent and thematic over the years because it basically resets and reboots itself every time there's a new game and therefore a new anime is Pokemon, the trading card game. Uh, You know, I still play with this, my kids, and I still enjoy it, even though it it is ostensibly designed for younger people to enjoy. It's still just a really solid game. So Pokemon moving on. All right, that brings us back up to our first bracket, the superhero bracket, Marvel Champions the Card Game versus Sentinels of the Multiverse. Two great deck builders, two representative of each of the characters and heroes in play, utilizing their special abilities to duke it out. One's a living card game, one's a deck builder with endless numbers of expansions. Both great games, both highly representative of the superhero comic industry. Marvel Champions, the card game, edges it out. I think it just does things a little more slick, a little more clean, and it moves on to the final rounds. Anthony, what do you have up for our indie bracket? All right, we've got Mind Management in number four versus number two, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shadows of the Past. I have made it clear that I love me some Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, (laughs) but at the end of the day, it is still guys running around on a map hitting things, which is fun and it's enjoyable but there's so many games that do it. Uh, it's true. And that's not a ding necessarily, because like I said, if any game deserved miniatures, it's this one. But Mind Management has clever, unique spin on mechanics. It does stuff that's different and new, and it's representative of the theme as a result. So Mind Management, moving on. Wow. All right, next up is our webcomic series, Penny Arcade, the game. Gamers versus evil versus our number 11 seed, here to slay cute fuzzy animals with giant swords. So again, two great comic kind of plays here. The one that's going to win out is obviously the one that's all about the theme in the games. Penny Arcade, the game, Gamers versus Evil, moves on to the next round. Anthony, our final bracket, manga and anime. What do you got for us? All right, we got Naruto Shippuden, the board game versus Pokemon trading card game. I just talked about Pokemon trading card game and why it's so great as a trading card game. Naruto, such an amazing show and manga, and the board game really does a good job of capturing a lot of that in a cooperative format. Um, Both these games do a really good job of representing their themes. For me, though, it's going to be the one that really puts you in the role of the characters and lets you explore that world to more of a degree. Uh, Naruto, Shippuden, the board game. All right, that takes us back up to our final brackets. It's no longer about what's happening in the bracket, but in the comparison of the two big brackets. That starts us up with our superhero bracket, our champions, Marvel champions, the card game, the LCG. It's down to everything and all the superheroes in the Marvel champion universe versus mind management, the psychic espionage game. So is it going to be the heroes or is it going to be the psychic rogues? And it turns out, it's my management, the Psychic Espionage game. If you're looking for a game that's all about that web comic series, and it really kind of pulls everything together, this indie is all in the game. You get to play the game, you get to feel like you're actually acting out, living out that indie comic, 
mind management moves it on to the final round. All right, Anthony, you got your two brackets up. Web comics versus manga. All right. Yeah, so we've got Penny Arcade the game, Gamers versus Evil, which was the number four seed out of the web comics bracket versus Naruto Shippuden, the board game, also number four seed out of the manga and anime bracket. Which one comes out on top? It's going to be Penny Arcade the game, Gamers versus Evil, just doing everything perfectly to capture the Penny Arcade webcomic in a succinct, carefully managed board game package. All right. So that leaves us down to our final two. It's been an amazing, absolutely amazing bracket fighting it out. Really some of the, the best games of all time. And in this case, the best comic game games of all time. So our March gamer madness, best comic banks of all time come down to the final two mind management Versus Penny Arcade, the game. Gamers versus evil. And the winner is... Mind Management, the psychic espionage game. Psychic rogue agents team up to track down and save the world. So, Anthony, uh, fantastic game here. Obviously, there's so many great games and so many variations of different comics in play. Um, what's so special about this game and why is it the best of all of the comic games of all time? Yeah, so the thing about this game that really, really works and the reason people are going crazy for it is it's really the mechanics of it, right? But they do gel perfectly with what the series is. You know, so like the comic book series, we have this shadowy mind management organization that full of these cyclically powered agents and they've kind of gone corrupt and now they're trying to recruit new people to their side and there's like these renegade agents that are trying to stop it right perfect setup and so the game takes that and you have the one player will play mind management and they're trying to go around and recruit and then you have the renegade players are trying to find and capture that person right um and so it's that hidden movement right so it's this classic you know, what letters from Whitechapel, Fury of Dracula. In <laughs> uh, those games, they always sound so cool. And when they work, they're so much fun. The problem is they often don't work, right? They often fall yeah. apart because Absolutely. the person who gets a head start can just run in circles for a long time or they get caught too early. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's just not fun. But this game manages to fix a lot of those problems. So Mind management can win by collecting 12 recruits or surviving for 16 turns, which is not a terribly long time. It's like an hour and a half. So you're not going to play a four hour version like Fury of Dracula. The rogue agents can only win by capturing mind management, which is relatively harder, harder to do Um, because it should be. That's the whole point. The game is it should be hard to capture them. Um, You get a head start if you're playing mind management. You get like six turns to kind of jump out ahead. There's these unique mechanics kind of mixed in to make it more tense throughout so you don't have these situations where one person could be on the wrong side of the map or just kind of doing a circle behind the people searching for them which is always fun only for the person doing the circle um and then on top of all of that you have the fantastic artwork from this comic book series right you go out you get matt kind he does all the artwork you get this beautiful board um which looks busy at first but then when you dig into it it's just like really thematic and really works from the series And it just it manages to simultaneously be a really good representation of the source material and one of the best hidden movement games 
period, right? Period. Which yes. is why you're seeing it up at like an 8.1, 8.3 on Board Game Geek, and I wouldn't be surprised to see it go higher. Is because it just really nails that mechanic really well. So, and if you're going to nail that mechanic for this type of game based on this IP, you just you've hit a home run there. Absolutely. Whether or not you're familiar with the source material, play this game. The mechanics are going to blow you away. As Anthony said, the whole comic series is kind of incorporated here. Mm-hmm. All the characters, the board, the artwork, everything really feels fresh and dynamic. And it's not just moving all along through a grid. You actually feel. And that hidden movement mechanic with the psychic espionage really is the perfect thing, right? Like yeah. th- like you said, there's there's other games where there's hidden movement. You're like, okay, a bad guy's moving around and the good guys are trying to track him down. But the idea of these the psychic espionage really fits perfectly with this game. And, and no way that I've ever seen any other game do it previously. So that is... Our number one game for our March Madness Bracket Contest, best comic book-based game. We hope that you enjoyed this great competition. Check out that game. We show you're going to love it or any of the games that we've talked about today. All over a lot of great fun and really gets that comic theme to the table. All right, everyone. Until next time, this is Chris. And this is Anthony. And we'll save you all a seat at the table. See ya. See ya.